Hello and welcome to the second episode of the SNA Modernization Podcast. Uh, today I'm happy to be joined with Paul Schuster. Uh, we're going to be talking all things cloud uh, and focusing on the two cloud strategy. Hello, Paul. Hey, hey, Andy. Nice to be here. Good. Um, so, Paul, we're just gonna we're gonna just talk to this as it as it comes. But can you can you start off just talking to me about the genesis of cloud? Um, as far as you describe it from a, from a BP perspective, so how did we get to what was the what was the seed? What was the thought that brought us to the start of the cloud journey, as it were? Oh wow! <laughs> <laughs> I have to cast my mind back quite a bit. Yes. Um, I think actually the um, uh, what led us to cloud. I mean, it initially was probably um, um, on the back of um, the Macondo incident, actually. Oh really? Okay. Yeah. The um, the um, BP's um, communications team were struggling to be able to respond fast enough to getting uh, information published externally, um, and we um, we had a, a challenge both um, technically that we had so many hits um, to BP.com. Yes, I mean it just kind of went through the roof overnight. Well. Wow. Um, and also a lot of the content delivery systems were just not up to being able to produce content and, and get it um, put onto our corporate uh, web presence um, fast enough. And that actually led to a <clears throat> piece of work um, and the result in Navitas, which was the mm. um, effectively building a future digital communications platform yes. uh, for BP. And at the time, um, we took the decision to do that um, on the cloud, which is kind of a, it's a natural kind of first typical use case of the cloud. Um, and what we're talking probably about six years ago now, yeah. five six years ago, probably that decision was made. Um, so you know it was kind of you know, elastic type, type workload, and it was um, you know we weren't taking a lot of kind of particularly um, sensitive data. So, so it was a really good sort of first use case, and that really was our first sort of foray into. Into cloud, and, mm. um, and we sort of learned a lot about that at the time. Yes. We recognised actually to get all the security controls was kind of quite challenging. And I, I joined the, I think I joined BP around about that time, and been brought in to look at um, modernising some of our core shared services, and was looking at our data centres and what happened with data centres. We kind of, I, I kind of recognised that you know, there's, you could kind of see what was going on in the industry at the time. But we knew that the you know, we were moving towards the cloud and we needed a position in the cloud. Yes. Um, regardless of what we actually did with the data centers, whether we stayed in data centers, we knew that we needed to start building some understanding of what, what cloud was about. And, yes. Um, and, and we sort of started to tie the two together with you know, the kind of combination of the Navitas experience saying, actually, it's, it's quite difficult to do mm. workload in the cloud. And the idea that we needed a cloud presence, we... Um, we, on, on, uh, as well as kind of working on the data center strategy, we, we got a, a, an agreement to start to put a bit of sort of seed investment. It was only, I can't remember what it was, like a couple of hundred thousand dollars, I think, to um, try and build a, a more um, kind of industrialized sort of version of Navitas. And it's like the cloud service of, line. CSL. Yeah, it's the original cloud service line. Yeah. Um, I think I remember that, it was 250k investment. <laughs> something like that, it was like a real skunks work thing. Yes. At the time it was sort of, uh, I think with me there was, um, it's like <coughs> some guy from Cloudry, it's like one of the maddest interviews I'd ever had. That, um, 
we sort of did a quick beauty parade of like who you know who could we get because there was no one in BP that kind of really understood yes. cloud and we kind of needed someone and, and I ended up speaking to CloudReach and they brought in this guy called Jason Sutherland I remember him coming into interview as a young guy and I was I know I'm kind of like mid-career yeah. and this guy comes in with um and, and, and I'm interviewing him just to kind of get a feel for him and he, he's got like effectively the uh, the sales guy from um, Cloudreach is there in the room sort of sitting there like almost like a chaperone like <laughs> it was like the most bizarre sort of situation we're in the small room just me and Jason and this kind of guy sitting there on the side just like like his chaperone um, so, so yeah so kind of combination Jason me and I think there's it was, it was like one other person at the time um, and we did it up in, in, in Canada Square. Mm. Um, that was quite 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 a sort of conscious um, decision to try to incubate all of this um, away from at the time. What was at the time was GOI. Yes. And what, why why was that? What was the, what well, was the thought there? Um, <clears throat> G. <laughs> yeah, let's not talk about GOI. It was it's an interesting organisation. Um, yes. We. Ron the get go wanted to try and incubate this cloud service line out of the limelight. Okay. So we want to keep it off to one side. Yes. Wanted to do it um, in a sort of clean space where we could um, build up the right sort of culture around it. Mm -hmm. um, we recognised that the culture in, in Jira at the time was very cost focused, you know, risk averse, um, which was the right thing for the company. Mm. Sort of. Um, you know, post what happened in, in the Gulf of Mexico. And, yes. Um, so we need we needed we needed some space that we could um, we could build a, a, a sort of a, take a different type of cultural approach to what we were doing. Yes. Um, <clears throat> also, um, I kind of figured out at the time that actually in Canada Square you had um, IST. And IST were one of the few. Parts of BP that at that time was you know we're doing proper software development, mm. um, um, had some good kind of software engineering skills, and so we we thought it'd be a really good thing to do to kind of incubate this thing quite close to a um, to, to to a potential customer base, quite close to um, teams that were starting to look at agile and mm. were were quite sort of you know, software centric. Um, and as I said, away from sort of GUI, and, and, and that was sort of really the approach that we that sort of led us to do it over in Canada Square. Yes, and so that that makes perfect sense. And you know, teaming up with uh, software developers and being close to that, yeah. the right customer base. Would you say that went according to plan? Um, did it go according to plan? It. Um, well, I guess so because we wouldn't be where we are today. I mean, it's just. Um, I think we went in pretty naively. We had no idea just how, how hard this was going to be and how, how long it's going to be. In fact, actually, about two or three years in, I can't remember this was now, probably 2014 or something. I remember kind of getting really badly dinged in my review by um, a guy called David Chapman, who used to work here. Um, he was kind of like, like well, why, why haven't we done that? You know, we should, surely we should have done it by now. I mean, it's you know, how difficult can this be? <laughs> you know, like you know, why have we got this cloud service line up and running? And you know, why? Uh, um, <laughs> yeah, it was quite a sort of difficult moment for me because yeah. it sort of um, it, it just that, that those those kind of 
yeah, those sort of initial years, particularly when we're starting to scale up and industrialise the work. I mean, the, the first year, we, we actually went through two iterations of this cloud service okay. line. We, yes. we sort of went through sort of initial build out, and it was um, that was just challenging in its own right because um, <clears throat> we're trying to do something new, and um, um, the architecture team under a um, um, previous chief architect called um, James Evans um, mm. kind of got interested and was. You know, trying to slap quite a lot of um, very heavy duty um, governance on top, and um, you know, and we were just, I don't say, say we we're winging it, but we were sort of really trying to push the boundaries on what was possible. And so, being held, you know, back to kind of really formal architectural quality plans was, yes. was, was quite difficult for us. So that kind of first year was sort of quite difficult, and then. Um, we learned a lot in the first year. Um, we we sort of adjusted our approach in, in the second year, um, and recognize at that point we're starting to realize actually this is take quite a lot of funding and it's going it's going to be quite difficult. And we um, the guy that had been working here, um, who with me as part of the team, had left and gone to Vodafone, and Vodafone started looking at a product called Clicker, which was a um, Startup over in the West Coast that was doing some cloud brokering software. Yes. Um, and we decided to jump on that same bandwagon because we thought it could accelerate our ability to deliver the cloud service line, um, avoid having to do a lot of hard yards ourselves, mm -hmm. which we just didn't have the, the funding to do. Yeah. Um, and, th and that, again, it kind of pushed us forward to the, to the next level, but we actually took quite a lot of learnings from, from that. And the key learning being that. There's no way that you can abstract cloud and, and um, you know, have some kind of um, abstraction layer over the cloud that would somehow allow you to um, you know, plug in an Amazon or plug in an Azure and um, you, you're really going to have to... Um, I think it was at that point that we took the, the big decision to, we needed to go native, we needed to mm -hmm. cut out any abstraction layers, we needed to be working um, directly with the underlying cloud providers, APIs and, and services and, and be enabling it um, as natively as possible and doing it ourselves, not relying on a, on a, on a, on a third party third company. Party. So that's a pretty seminal moment for us. Um, and how far into the whole journey was that? Was that three years in? Two years. Three yeah, years about in. two years in we'd sort of, that was the second iteration of the cloud service line. Um, at this point, we're still really struggling with the technology of how do you actually start to create self-service? How do you start to put the controls in to the cloud? How do you do that in a way that you can multi-tenant different parts of BP into the cloud? Yes. And we'd, yeah, we were kind of two years in. And we'd, at that point, I think we'd kind of learned enough from two iterations that we knew roughly what it would take to industrialize. Good. Um, and then we hit, then we, and then we started the real industrialization phase and started to get some more serious funding. Um, and then things got really difficult. <laughs> so, so, so that's a great that's a great point to just kind of pause on. So, so you've, you've done your two years of kind of learning, yeah. exploring. Yeah. You understand what's required to you know to make it go industrialized. Yeah. What did you do then? Did you spin down the CS, the cloud service line and then start up a new activity? Well, at that point we start. Yeah, we started to. Um, um, I think that was around about the time that we'd formed um, something called Digital Foundations. Yes. Because um, we, we sort of come to the recognition that we needed to, 
we needed to make some proper investment in, into really industrialising mm. this cloud service line. Yes. Um, we also recognised that we needed to do something about network connectivity, and that required a whole um, separate effort around mm. building a, a, a cloud-first network. Yes. And I think around about that time as well, we were we were starting to look at um, <coughs> workplace modernisation. Yeah. And so David Chapman, who was here at the time, kind of pulled, you know, we kind of pulled them, working with him, we pulled it together under something called Digital Foundations. And um, that became, then became a much more formal, um, governed, funded initiative to in, in industrialise the cloud service line. And at this point, we're starting to get quite a lot of um, demand from projects and, you know, people starting to think, I mean, we didn't, hadn't formally did. I think round about the time we'd actually also form, formally declared that we were cloud first, Class but first, it was, yeah. Um, yeah, I, I think there was just a general consensus that cloud was going to be something big, it was going to be something we needed to get after, mm -hmm. um, and, and yeah, we started to put proper investment in, but it, but that then became quite difficult once, um, we went through a really difficult, probably about a year and a half at that point of trying to deal with the fact that we kind of knew what we wanted to do and we knew we needed to do this ourselves in BP. Yeah. Um, but our senior leadership at, at that point was still very much in the kind of outsourcing world. Mm. Um, and so, <clears throat> and, and the industry was sort of waking up to cloud. So we started to get these approaches from many of our existing suppliers um, with, um, you know, kind of big transformation outsource deals. Mm. Hey, you want to, you know, we had HP or at the time, I think yeah. it was, yeah, it was HP Enterprise, what's now DXC, yeah. coming to BP saying, hey, you want to do the cloud, you know, why do it yourself? We know, you know, we know all about the cloud and we've got, um, you, know, you need to be doing hybrid cloud and we, you know, we, we can get you there and, you know, we'll do it as a big sort of uh, transformational outsource deal. And, and that, that was quite, you know, compelling for some of our leadership who mm. were, you know, I'm naturally much. quite nervous about BP trying to do something itself, and hey, what you know, yeah, let's let's just sign a big, let's sign a big, you know, three three year outsource deal, and mm. and, and you know, we'll get HP to help us, you know, build a cloud brokerage and get us into hybrid cloud. Um, so we kind of had that going on. We had like, wow, Cisco suddenly woke up to cloud and put a billion dollars investment into something they called Cisco into cloud, and they tried to force that, you know, sell us that, and. Um, I remember Mike Gibbs, who was the CIO at the time, um, suddenly pulling me into a meeting in um, over the phone where he, he, he was in Dallas speaking to a guy called Lance Cosby, who was, IBM were like figuring out, you know, realized they were like late to the party. Yeah. <clears throat> they went out and bought a company called Softlayer. Lance Cosby was the chief exec of, Cos of uh, Softlayer. And um, suddenly uh, Mike Gibbs is in a meeting with Lance Cosby in Dallas trying to sell um, Mike, um, that we need to be doing this kind of you know, IBM cloud, and, um, and he kind of pulled me into a meeting. He's like, "Well, you know, Paul, like, why, you know, why aren't we doing short? You know, IBM cloud sounds really good." <laughs> so we kind of had all, you know, like just about every sort of vendor under the sun suddenly kind mm. of, and it became a really difficult landscape to navigate. I, I think if if I look back, actually, one of the things that we, um, in many ways, we got right was we had so many big decisions to make over yes. a space of about two to three years yes. um, 
and, and thankfully we somehow I think through a combination of like instinct um, you know a lot of kind of speaking to peers and, and staying in touch with with just generally where this sense of where the industry was going um, sticking to our guns on 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 things, we, we ended up making a lot of the right decisions. So um, did you have some big principles or, or any principles you aligned to or was it more kind of inputs from peers and instincts that, that guided the majority of that? I spent a lot of time, um, I'd, I'd networked to quite a few people that were um, kind of leading in, in the cloud industry and uh, people's whose opinions I respected. Mm. I actually come, my, my background is um, is actually not corporate IT. I actually come from more of a um, in-house, you know, software development, strong software engineering type mm. background. My, my natural orientation is towards like outsource, do stuff yourself. I, I'm, I'm not a big fan of, um, you know, cost packages enterprise software mm. and so I think I brought my natural bias to this okay. as well but yeah. we should, um, I'm very um, I was always very adverse to kind of outsourcing and I'm not a, I just wasn't a, a believer in it I, I don't think I'd um, at the time I'd sort of I don't think I'd had as a as a kind of a strategic and, and, and sort of as much context around you know why the IT industry went to outsourcing mm. and how we've ended up pulling back from outsourcing that I mm. do now. I mean, I can now understand the um, th th these kind of big sort of periods that the IT industry has gone through and, and kind of why they've gone through that and um, so that's how that's sort of coincided with just general kind of um, you know, business innovation and what's been going on. Yes. But, but at the time, I thought I, I just had this kind of natural orientation towards doing stuff in-house. Awesome. Um, so we had those kind of principles. We, um, right from the very early on get-go, we knew we wanted to be working with Amazon. How come? <laughs> um, I'd been working with Amazon at uh, Nokia before I joined um, BP. I was okay. working for Nokia and we'd been doing a lot of work with Amazon. Um, and um, it was quite clear back in 2000 and, um, Sort of 13, 14, where, where we were starting this, Amazon were way out there. I mean, there, there, there wasn't really anyone um, doing public cloud, um, um, really. Um, and um, we, um, yeah, I, I thought, I, I'd re I, I remember clearly thinking back then, this is going to be, it's going to be difficult, it is going to be hard, and if we are going to be exploring doing something in the cloud and building capability, we should be doing it with a leading provider at the time. Yes. Because that's, a, that, that's if we work with a leading cloud provider, you know, as forward-thinking cloud provider, that's, that's going to be the best way to, to, to skill up and get, and, and get up to speed and learn about this stuff. Absolutely. And so right very early on, we actually put it, we did have a kind of strategic principle that said we want to, you know, we want to focus on the single cloud. On the single cloud, yeah, and we want to do this with Amazon, and and that's kind of right. You know, yeah. that original cloud service line work was all about Amazon. We never, we we kind of in the back of our heads had this idea um, that we might be able to switch workloads between different clouds. And longer term, we would plug in multiple cloud providers, but we were going to cut our teeth on Amazon and right. 
So it was very much a sort of Amazon first sort of strategy at the time. But the brokerage we were trying to build, the, the kind of the, the cloud service line capability, had in, in the back of our heads architecturally we were thinking multi-cloud. So when um, did um, uh, Microsoft come into the um, Yeah, I, I don't know exactly when it was. But it was about 14, 15, sorry, yeah, about two, maybe 2014, 15, probably around about 2015 where um, It, it, um, I'm trying to remember exactly how it came about. I mean, basically, we ended up in a situation that um, the upstream business, which historically has um, been quite um, heavily you know, Microsoft-dominant, um, they run a lot of Microsoft-based mm -hmm. products. Mm -hmm. um, and this is a big company. You, know, you can't, you know, there's always something going on somewhere in the company. And um, you know, I was fairly new to BP, didn't have, so busy doing this, didn't have really have the breadth of relationship across the company to to know, you know, to fully appreciate what was going on everywhere. Um, the upstream business had already started doing stuff in in Azure, and, and just like Navitas was the sort of Pathfinder yes. project into the Amazon cloud, yes. um, the upstream team or the upstream uh, segment had a pathfinding project, which was a um, large SharePoint um, farm which they needed to um, re-architect. I think it was old, it was, it was end of life. They also had a project called Atlas, which was a big engineering documentation project built on, on SharePoint. And I can't, it's, sorry, it's like, mm. um, my, my memory is not as great <laughs> as it used to be, but um, a combination of Atlas and, and, and SharePoint hosting in, you know, became a, a, a big kind of pathfinder project for them. And Steve Fortune, who was the CIO of the upstream um, at the time, was was progressive in his thinking and, and supported them doing that in Azure. Very good, very good. And that's all that led them into an Azure position. At that yes. point, they started to build some skills around Azure. And um, as I said again, historically, we've we've always had a strong relationship with um, between Upstream and, and Microsoft. And that's for a whole bunch of reasons, by the way. So it's quite interesting if you if you look back at. Um, some of the history around that, not just have we, it's not only the fact that we've had um, a lot of, historically had a lot of, used a lot of Microsoft technology within Upstream. We, um, when um, we were dealing with the Gulf of Mexico response, yes. um, there were some very difficult IT challenges. Um, you know, we had to, like, pretty much overnight spin up a systems that could track 30,000 plus vessels, everything from mum and pup vessels to, mm. um, you know, people leasing kind of kind of big vessels out out on the ocean, helping with the cleanup, and we had to, you know that had to be tracked, and we needed an IT system to do that. And at the time, um, from what I've heard, and this is second and third hand, uh, yeah. Microsoft bent over backwards to help BP, and so there was a yeah. um, <coughs> some very strong relationships built, yes. um, and there was a sense of um, um, you know kind of corporate partnership and a sense of you know, we, we, we kind of owe, owe Microsoft and, you know, they were, they were there for, for us in a time of trouble and, you know, as we're looking at the cloud, you know, why wouldn't we work with them? So, so, so it's kind of interesting, it's the, these things are never just technical. They're, Absolutely. They're, um, so, so, so kind of upstream ended up kind of quite focused on, on Microsoft and um, at that point um, we got into this kind of big conversation around, well, what is our workload placement strategy? What goes to Amazon? What goes to Microsoft? Um, should we have one cloud? Should we have two clouds? Um, and we probably spent about six months debating that, discussing that, and eventually came came up with um, pretty much where we are today, which is our cloud workload placement strategy, um, which sort of um, 
<laughs> yeah, I mean, we, we effectively decided, okay, let's just embrace what upstream are doing. We've got, we've got, you know, let, let's call this two cloud strategy. Let's yeah. um, let's take it um, both top down and bottoms up. Yeah. So top down, we decided eventually to broadly split the workload based on organisation lines. Okay. Um, upstream predominantly into mm-hmm. Azure, mm-hmm. the rest of the company predominantly into Amazon, mm-hmm. but also look at it bottoms up, so specific use cases going into the cloud based on, on the requirements of, the, of those use cases and the features of the cloud provider. So for example, at the time, IST workloads which were subject to FCA regulation, um, we'd spend 18 months working with Amazon to get their terms and conditions uh, in place that we felt we could satisfy the regulators. Um, that um, um, we would be FCA regulated, you know, compliant. We didn't have that in, in, in Microsoft. And so from a bottoms up perspective, have to build up. if yeah. you had a workload that was IST, that would, that would clearly need to go to um, go to Amazon at that point, regardless of whatever our top down principle was. Makes and, sense. And that sort yeah. of evolved over time. But the two cloud strategies served us, uh, it served us pretty well, actually. And, that, and that's, that's a great way to kind of bring us to where we are and, and, yeah. and really powerful story. And just as I, I, I look at you and know you're yeah. not going to be here for, for, forever in, the, in this organisation, no. um, um, I was just going to, as final final question, ask you your a kind of parting thought. What, what would you leave us with as a kind of principle or something to hold on to, given the journey you've just explained and given to where we've got to? What, what would you be your guidance or your, your, your takeaway uh, from a cloud perspective we need to hold on to and, and stay close to? Um, I, so there's a guy that used to work here called Buzak who always used to say, skate to where the puck's going, not where it is now. Um, he was a real support of what we were doing with the cloud. Um, and I think that can continues to be true. If you look at what's going on in the IT industry at the moment, there has just been the most incredible amount of disruption. But it, it's been driven by public cloud. It, yes. There's no doubt that you know Amazon almost single-handedly disrupted the entire IT industry. Um, and I believe that we are still early days in the move to um, Public cloud is effectively, you know, what what happened to the electricity industry um, when everyone went from producing their own energy to um, you know, buying off utility companies. I still think we're on that journey. Yes. Cloud native is going to win. I think in every situation, cloud native will win. So if I think about anywhere where we've got kind of you know platform overlays, we're trying to do stuff with um, third party, you know best of breed tooling, eventually the cloud providers will innovate and, and, and catch up. And so I think we should, um, and we do have a, you know, we've got a cloud first principle and, yes. and we were going to have a, um, you know, like a public cloud first principle and we were going to have a, a cloud native principle. We kind of pulled back from it slightly because it was a little bit nuanced, but I think just generally the cloud providers, the public cloud providers are going to, you know, that's, that's where the future is. Very good. And I think we should um, ensure that we are, wherever possible, trying to go in natively with, with cloud services. And so you see that with things like data and IoT and, mm-hmm. and AI. Mm-hmm. Um, there's many, I mean, AI right now is very chaotic. It's almost like the um, where the cloud industry was like three or four years ago. Mm-hmm. Um, and you just look at the rate of innovation between you know the three big cloud providers, Google, Amazon, and, and Microsoft. I, I believe they'll, they'll win out. And, 
some of these um, you know, more niche um, companies will, will fade over time. Very good. So. That's really good, really insightful. Um, and always a pleasure talking as well. Thank yeah, you. Welcome. Thanks for your cool. time. Thanks. Okay. Bye, all.